Amen. Thank you for that, Will. I was hoping he'd go up there high. I was dizzy. I was dizzy for him. And, uh, and so thank you for it. Let's take our Bibles this morning. We're going to go to the book of Luke uh, in chapter number 1. And I want to uh, kind of finish, uh, if you will, a little bit of this stuff with Zacharias uh, in preaching about uh, him this last week. And so I don't want to leave off from that story. And I want to preach a message entitled, The Four Greatest Gifts of Christmas. Now we know, as you're making your way to Luke chapter number 1, the Bible says in James 1, verse 17, that every, uh, every good gift, every perfect gift, it comes from above. And uh, we know that God is uh, uh, the great gift giver. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, every gift, uh, you say, well, wait a minute, I bought that gift for somebody and I gave it to them and it was a good gift. Uh, we know to give God glory and that God uses us uh, to be blessings to other people. And, uh, and so if you get something uh, that you think is a great gift, uh, thank the person uh, who purchased that for you, but also thank God uh, for it as well. Uh, and it's one of the things that we like about Christmas. And uh, in right, fact, even right before the service, uh, somebody come in my office with the, the biggest, um, uh, I guess, like a package of goodies. Uh, it's giant and it takes up like my whole desk. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, I like that thing when you're, when you're, trying, to, when you're trying to diet, but you Baptist. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, that kind of feeds into that. I said, I'll be eating all of that for, for a while. Uh, but uh, we enjoy uh, Christmas and Christmas gifts and the music that we've sung a moment ago. And I enjoyed the, the special music and the ladies playing, Miss Alice, all of that. Uh, those are wonderful things uh, about Christmas. You know, Christmas trees, the lights, uh, all of that. Uh, in Luke chapter number 1, uh, Zacharias has been unable to speak uh, for nine months. Uh, as uh, God uh, had revealed to them that uh, they were going to have a child and laid out uh, who, who he was, uh, his name, uh, what he was going to do, uh, there was a moment of disbelief. The uh, Bible says that they didn't really believe that uh, God could do this. They were old. <laughs> uh, and uh, we studied uh, that out a little bit and figured out that, uh, that there were 49 uh, and, uh, and the Bible says that they were uh, old and well-stricken in age. Uh, and so uh, that was because Zacharias uh, was a priest, and in order to be a priest, uh, you had to retire at 50, all right? And so he was still doing it, so he had to be at least 49. And, uh, but, uh, but he wasn't a prophet. Uh, he was a priest. Uh, and what we read in our text here in a moment is considered to be Zacharias's song. Uh, so for nine months, he was mute. He couldn't speak. Uh, because of uh, that disbelief or lack of faith. Uh, and, uh, and, and, if, and if that happened to you or I, uh, there would probably be a touch of bitterness <laughs> that would take place. Uh, and, uh, but we see here, and maybe this is another message for another time, but the moment that God opens his mouth, uh, Zacharias didn't complain. Um, he went right into a song of praise uh, about the Messiah, uh, and, uh, and who it was uh, that uh, his son uh, was going to be preparing uh, the way for. So I'd like to invite you to stand one more time as we've been sitting for a little bit. We're going to read our text from verse number 68 down to verse number 79. And then I'm going to give us a quick four points uh, as quick as I can uh, this morning. The Bible reads in verse number 68, so as soon as his mouth is opened, and remember they are going to call him John, not Zacharias, and all of that with things we talked about previous in a previous message. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for He hath visited and redeemed His people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David, 
And as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before his, the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from us, uh, from on high, hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness uh, and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet unto the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message this morning. Uh, we thank you for the time to be here together in church uh, on this Christmas Eve. We pray your blessings, Lord, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Uh, so for nine months, he doesn't speak. Uh, and uh, God opens his mouth and, uh, and he made up for lost time. Uh, and began to really just kind of lay out uh, all these things that he's grateful for, what God was doing. And so we're going to look at the four Christmas gifts that he mentions here uh, in this passage of Scripture. The first thing we see is in verse 68 and 69 when it says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. Uh, the greatest gift that God gives us, obviously, is salvation. Uh, and uh, we've preached, uh, and you've heard messages before and, uh, and will uh, more in the future about uh, Jesus as God. Uh, God became flesh and uh, was born in a manger, dwelt amongst us, lived, died, shed His blood on Calvary. Uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. In fact, that word is mentioned here uh, in uh, this passage of Scripture as well. Uh, but Christmas really, the greatest gift of Christmas is God Himself. Uh, that, uh, that, uh, that he is visiting with us. You know, uh, you think of Christmas and, uh, you know, children all around the world are waiting for a visit from somebody other than Jesus. And, uh, and you can do with all of that kind of stuff uh, with your children. Uh, but uh, the greatest, you know, when whenever we have somebody that we, um, that we want to visit, there's great anticipation. Um, a great a thankfulness uh, that uh, they, in fact, were there. But uh, Zacharias, uh, the very first Christmas, and again, this is the whole Christmas story. Jesus is not born yet, but this all the backstory. In fact, in the Bible, uh, I mentioned in a little bit, there are uh, all kinds of prophecies, uh, 300, in fact, uh, in the Old Testament, a little bit more than that, about the coming Messiah. Uh, and all of that was 600 years uh, beforehand, and some of those prophecies even 4,000 years uh, ahead of Jesus coming. Uh, and in uh, all of Israel was looking for uh, that Messiah uh, and uh, looking for that blessing. Uh, so Zechariah was excited uh, and he praised God in song because of the Redeemer uh, it had come uh, and visited uh, his people. Um, and really, <clears throat> Christmas uh, is all about God. Uh, it's all about what he's done, why he was born. And uh, we've spent time uh, talking about uh, all the other things that we do at Christmas and all those things are great. Uh, but Christmas is God visiting us. Uh, it's God coming. It's, it's the greatest gift uh, that God has ever given us. 
uh, and that is salvation through uh, His Son. Uh, if you are saved, uh, the gift that you have is beyond uh, imagination. Uh, the, you know, it's, uh, it's the greatest thing that God has ever done. In fact, uh, turn with me over to Ephesians chapter number 3 uh, briefly. Uh, in Ephesians chapter number 3, we use this terminology uh, often when we lead people to Christ. We would say, um, you know, inviting Jesus uh, into your heart. And, and this is a verse where I think most people have drawn uh, that truth from. But the Bible says this in Ephesians three seventeen, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love. Uh, when you got saved, uh, the Bible says that Christ indwells your heart by faith. We know that our body is the temple of the Spirit of God, uh, but, uh, but in you uh, dwells uh, the Lord Himself uh, in that way. And I'm thankful for all the theology uh, in the book of Ephesians. And there are so many things that happen uh, in us, uh, around us, uh, and through us when we get saved. Uh, but the greatest gift of Christmas is God Himself. If you're not saved today, uh, then realize that God offers uh, you Himself, uh, not a, a cheap substitute. Uh, he wants you to have Him. And, uh, and it says it over and over and over uh, in the Word of God. Uh, from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about God becoming man uh, so that He could take care uh, of the sins of the world. Uh, and, uh, and all of His earthly ministry, everything that is done, all that's encompassed in the Word of God uh, is Jesus uh, and Him providing salvation for us. And so back in 1987 uh, is when I accepted the Lord as my personal Savior, uh, and it was the greatest gift that God ever gave me. Uh, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, uh, and He lives in me uh, through faith. Uh, and so not only is there, or do we see in this passage of Scripture, scripture the gift of God uh, Himself, uh, but we also see the gift of God's word. Look at verse number 70. So as he's praising God, his lips are open and he, uh, he begins to sing a song of praise uh, to God. And by the way, he's due our praise. Uh, and, and I know that, um, you know, we can, we can come to church and uh, we can sing the songs and we know the songs and, uh, and they might be even some of our Baptist anthems that, you know, you've sang a million times uh, in the Lord's house. Uh, but every, every single time that we sing them, uh, we're singing them to God uh, in worship of Him. Uh, and, uh, and so it does us all well to realize that, uh, that that's what we're doing. We're praising Him. And, and you should do it when you're not at church, <laughs> uh, in your homes. And uh, in fact, uh, it could be something that you do when you read your Bible. Uh, and uh, not too long ago, uh, well, it was last year, really, uh, we talked about a, a hymn book uh, that some uh, Baptist groups had made uh, and that they, uh, what he was explaining in a sermon that I heard, uh, that he always keeps a hymn book with his Bibles. When he does his devotions, uh, he'll open up that hymn book and sing praises uh, to the Lord. And I thought that's a wonderful practice. Uh, and uh, so sing to the Lord. But it's God's gift of his word. Verse 17, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world uh, began. Uh, when the world began, uh, doesn't go back, you know, billions and billions of years. And, uh, and uh, it goes back to a, a little gar garden uh, of, of Eden. God created uh, this world. He spoke it uh, into existence. And, uh, and uh, there's science that is falsely so-called. 
uh, that would, uh, would try to feud with those facts, but uh, I just believe the Word of God uh, and over those things. And uh, so uh, God promised Adam and Eve that from them would come the Savior, Genesis 3. Uh, verse number 15, that would defeat the wrongs of Satan. Uh, and God made a promise, uh, and he was keeping it. And Zacharias uh, now knew that. Uh, the word of God uh, is faithful. In Micah, let's turn to a couple uh, Old Testament scriptures real quick. Uh, Micah chapter number 5 and verse number 2. Uh, in your Old Testament, I'll read it. You can act like you found it if you can find it. It says, the Bible says in verse 2, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth from unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth, notice this, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. This is another verse, by the way, in a prophecy of the Messiah and the coming of Jesus, uh, the Christ, uh, but it's also a proof text that shows that he's eternal, uh, that he is God, uh, that his goings were from old uh, and from everlasting. But Micah 5.2 prophesied uh, where the Messiah would be born. Now, I was thinking a little bit earlier uh, on these points about, uh, about Zacharias and, and Elizabeth and uh, in all that God had revealed, of course, through Mary and Joseph. And we know that, uh, that uh, Jesus was from Nazareth. Uh, and we also know from the Bible the reason why that they had gone to um, uh, Mary uh, Joseph's uh, hometown for taxation and all those things and in Bethlehem. But if I was like Zacharias uh, and, uh, and, and the Christ child, uh, the declaration and Mary, of course, knowing uh, that uh, they were going to be giving birth to Emmanuel, Jesus, if it was running, I'd be like, hey, um, Mary and Joseph, you need to get to Bethlehem. <laughs> you know, uh, humanly speaking, uh, we, knowing the prophecy is that's where he was going to come from. Uh, I just imagine just from a human standpoint and how God, how, how God got them there uh, in, in that way. But this is where the Messiah was going to be born. The Bible also teaches us how he would be born. In Isaiah 7, in verse uh, number uh, 14, the Bible says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. But also in Isaiah chapter number 9, verse number 6, we were in this passage uh, last week. For unto us a child was born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of, uh, Prince of Peace. So the Bible declares where the Messiah was going to be born, uh, how he was going to be born, and why he was being born. All in Scripture. And I assure you that Zacharias, after these announcements and all that was going on, he probably never read the Scriptures the same way again. It's, the Bible is an unbeatable book. And it's really true from cover to cover. Now, I said a moment ago that there are 300 prophecies concerning Christ the Messiah in the Old Testament that were fulfilled uh, in his birth, there were 33 prophecies from the Old Testament that were filled, ju fulfilled just in the crucifixion. And uh, the mathematical odds, by the way, of one of those prophecies coming true, let alone 300 of them coming true in the way that they did, uh, that it's astronomical. Um, there's, there's no rational conclusion to draw other than the Bible is true. Uh, because it just, that kind of thing just does not happen. It's, it's impossible. Now with God, all things are possible. Uh, 
Uh, and uh, and when, as for people who are always looking for signs and looking for uh, tangible evidence or whatever, we believe by faith, but we always want something to kind of, uh, you know, solidify that. Um, the Bible that you hold in your hand is a gift from God. Uh, and, uh, and Zacharias uh, knew this uh, and mentioned that in verse number 70. Uh, so God gave us a supernatural gift, uh, and that is uh, his word. In John uh, chapter number 17 and verse number 8, the scriptures say, For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, uh, and they have believed that thou didst sent me. Uh, verse 17, Sanctify them through thy word, thy word is truth. Uh, you hold in your hand one of the four greatest Christmas gifts that God uh, has ever given. And uh, we should never uh, not read our Bible. Uh, we should study the Bible. We should use it. We should live it. We should enjoy it. And, and it should be your, one of your most precious gifts. Now, I know that many of you have multiple, multiple Bibles. Uh, and, uh, and you should respect them. But I'm saying the Word of God in and of itself, that God breathed and gave us a revelation of Himself, to us that we can hold in our hand and have complete confidence in that. And it's, by the way, it's one of the foundations of our confidence. We believe what we believe from the Word of God. Uh, it's not a, a church thing. It's not religion. Uh, it's what does the Bible say, and can I trust it? Uh, and, uh, and, and we can, uh, because it's been proven time and time again, uh, and if not just through the prophecies that were in it and fulfilled. Uh, and by the way, it's not just... One person given that. This was all kinds of different people over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, even 4,000 years ago. Uh, and, uh, and I really don't know uh, from a, uh, you know, any other standpoint uh, how we could, uh, uh, how you could prove, <laughs> the proof is in the pudding, uh, the Word of God is one of God's greatest gifts that He's given us. But we also read in His song of praise in verse number 71, He says this, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all them that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore unto our father Abraham, and that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him uh, without fear. Uh, we have here the third gift that I want to mention this morning, and that's the gift of God's desire. Uh, and uh, for us, of course, that's the forgiveness of sin. Uh, when he talks about saving them from the enemies, remember all the Bible written to us, uh, uh, are for us, but not all, all the Bible written to us. Uh, there are things that they were looking for in a Messiah, uh, in a set up an earthly kingdom, uh, but the Bible in we, that we have complete in our hands and why, uh, why you and I uh, have more biblical spiritual acumen than people like Zacharias and people in the Old Testament, all they had were the Old Testament scriptures. You have the complete word of God in your hand. Uh, and so we know more. Uh, you, or you have the ability, I'm going to say we know more, we have the ability to know more uh, than um, many of the people we read about, almost all of the people that we read about uh, in Scripture because God has given that to us. There's no greater reason for Christmas uh, outside of the fact uh, that God came, became a man to die for our forgiveness and our forgiveness of sin. So God's desire is to free us from the dominion uh, of our enemies. So we read about uh, some of that in Ephesians chapter number 6. Uh, we know the flesh, uh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Uh, we know Satan himself uh, is the, the great enemy. Uh, but, uh, but it's sin and Satan. Uh, and by the way, we're our, our own worst enemy. 
Um, there's nobody that gives me more trouble than myself, uh, and that is, uh, that is true. Uh, but he speaks of God's mercy and his covenant promise in these verses, his oath that he swore that God would do something about this and that God keeps his promises. God always keeps his promises. And what he has promised is to give us eternal life uh, through Christ uh, by faith. Uh, you know, if heaven is really real, then why would we think that it's so incredible that people would tell the people that they love about heaven? Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and by the way, if, if we believe heaven is real and hell is real, uh, and that I'm, I'm, I'm going to heaven by faith because I'm saved, uh, and, uh, and I place my faith and trust in Christ, Christ lives in me, um, if I really believe that, that will, that will drive me to share that, uh, that news with other people. Um, and uh, so never, you know, I always look at somebody who's a, a soul winner, who's always telling people about the Lord, is they're just, they're just happier about it than I am. Uh, they're just more excited <laughs> about, uh, about it than, uh, than I am. They just really believe. Uh, and I, in fact, I've had people tell me that. Like I, don't, like, I don't believe what you're saying, but I can tell you really believe it. And, uh, and, and that's good, uh, and it's not my responsibility to convince them uh, of the truth of God's word, but to give them uh, the word of God uh, is vital, uh, and we should all be doing that. So we find uh, God's greatest gift is himself to us. Uh, and then secondly, uh, we know uh, that God has given us uh, the gift of his word. And then also uh, the God's desire uh, and that is to share the good news of his coming. And by the way, it's Emmanuel, it's God with us. And he came, the Bible says, uh, in Matthew, uh, in chapter number uh, 1, verse 21, And he shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Uh, earlier this morning, in fact, and I, I kind of know maybe where Brother Ruckman uh, there in Ghana was uh, taking his devotions from, uh, he had referenced that God... God forgives you of sins. If God hasn't forgiven you of sin, uh, then you haven't been forgiven. You have not placed your faith and trust in Christ. It's repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for my sins. Sin must be dealt with. Uh, the salvation is easy because it's all of God's work. Uh, but it comes once I realize that I'm a lost sinner uh, and I have godly sorrow uh, that leads to repentance. And I, I ask God to forgive me and to come into my life and save me uh, and to forgive me of uh, my sins. Uh, so God's gift uh, is the, uh, of God's desire. And then we find uh, finally in verse 74, in verse number 75, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Now, uh, again, uh, there's so much wrapped up in that, especially uh, our New Testament responsibility as Bible believers to live a life of righteousness and godliness. Uh, grace teaches us to deny ungodliness. And uh, in fact, in, in Christianity today, uh, where it's very loose uh, in, uh, in what people do, uh, and personal holiness and righteousness is something that we don't hear preached in churches uh, all across the board. But all the way back into the proclamation in the prophecy of the coming Messiah, Zacharias had mentioned that we're to live and serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. When you got saved, uh, you were given the gift of freedom, but that gift of freedom uh, is to serve. It's giving back to God glory 
and honor uh, and praise. We can read about that all through the Psalms, all the, all the way through the Bible. Uh, Psalm 103 is one that comes to my mind uh, in verse number one. Uh, if you have uh, time to read some of those today, that would be a good thing to do. So when a person is made free from sin uh, and from Satan, uh, ultimately ourself, we're to be dead uh, to self and alive unto Christ, uh, it, it, we're, we're actually choosing in salvation to, to come under uh, God's control. It's a surrender to that. Jesus is my Savior, but He's also my Lord. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, we, we often we, we say that in prayers, uh, or we, we find that when people would pray and ask God to save them, uh, to be our personal Lord and Savior. Uh, and it's really hard to separate the two. I'm not talking about lordship salvation. Uh, but when we give our life to Jesus, um, He saves us from our sin. He's our Savior, but He becomes uh, our Lord. And by the way, He's our Lord whether we recognize Him to be so or not. Um, he, it, 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 whether we believe it, uh, whether we behave it, uh, He is our Lord. And so often uh, in our lives, um, it's not that God has, God has to sometimes just uh, uh, rattle our cage <laughs> Uh, and remind us uh, that He is Lord, uh, but uh, should be on the forefront of our mind all the time. Nobody's ever truly free uh, and, uh, and, until they are set free uh, by Jesus. So God saves a person to serve them, uh, and, uh, and that might be news to some people, uh, but it's part of the gospel uh, as well. And uh, turn with me to Romans chapter number 6, uh, and we're running up, up on time here, but I want to show you just this passage of Scripture and by the way, uh, there are so many more. Uh, it's not just one verse or just a couple of verses. Uh, but in Romans 6, God dealing with uh, sin and grace and continuing sin that grace may abound and, uh, and really speaks to uh, the, the battle that we have between the flesh and the spirit. Romans 6, 7, and 8 uh, in, uh, in that book are books that you should be in all the time. Uh, there's so much contained in there uh, concerning uh, life and living it now. But notice what the Bible says in verse number 20 uh, of chapter number 6. For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness uh, and the end uh, everlasting life. Um, God adopted you uh, into His family uh, to work. Uh, this passage here, without fear, not because we're afraid uh, of God or that we're afraid of the penalty of sin. Uh, Bible says that uh, I'm no longer under condemnation. Uh, I've been set free, justified. I'm accepted uh, in the beloved. I'm seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of the United States. Uh, I'm living here as a pilgrim, passing through, living a vapor of life, uh, and, uh, and knowing that I'm going to spend eternity with my Savior. Uh, but we're to serve Him in holiness and righteousness uh, without fear, but in, but in love. Uh, in holiness and righteousness, that means a clean life. And uh, 1 Corinthians 6 talks about that we're not our own uh, and we've been bought with a price. Uh, we belong to Him. Uh, we're to work at it, and it's a struggle, and we're to en endure hardness uh, as a good soldier, but we are saved to serve Him all the days of our life, not just on Sundays, not just on good days, all the days uh, of our life in holiness and righteousness without fear. 
So in conclusion, the four greatest gifts of Christmas, really in a song of praise uh, by Zacharias, uh, when his lips were open, uh, he began to sing praise to God, and that should be our default, uh, our, our default action uh, whenever, uh, whenever we can. Uh, but on the tail end of really uh, a judgment, where, where, where God says, all right, you're not speaking until nine months later. Uh, first things out of, his, out of his mouth was praise uh, to God in song. Thanking God uh, for the gift of God himself and thanking God uh, for the gift of God's word and thanking God for the gift of God's desire and thanking God for the gift of God's glory. Uh, we've, if you're saved, you've had a face-to-face encounter uh, with the God of the universe uh, who dwells in you. Uh, and, uh, and if you believe the Bible, you have a foundation uh, that other people don't have and gives us great confidence. Uh, if you're saved, you have the forgiveness of sins. But beyond that, it isn't just punching a ticket to get to heaven, uh, saved to serve. Uh, we, we take like the Great Commission, and I heard this years and years ago, uh, where somebody was preaching from Matthew 28, and basically for alliter- alliteration, it's like win them, wet them, work them. Right, uh, they get saved, they get baptized, uh, but then trying to fit discipleship in with a W, it ended up being work. <laughs> you know, work them, and it's a little bit of a stretch on that passage of scripture, but it's kind of taken all of the scriptures uh, in general. Uh, but uh, when Jesus saved you, gave you a home in heaven, that wasn't the end. Uh, you had to serve Him without fear for your entire life in in holiness and righteousness, um, which is which those two words pack. There's a lot of stuff packed up in those two words. There just really is. Uh, and, um, and I know we debate, because of our human nature, um, those facts. Uh, but um, it's just true. Uh, and there's, no, there's no mistaking that God wants us to serve Him uh, with our life. And, and we can never repay. I was just talking to somebody the other day. Like, you know, um, we can, I can never repay God for what He's done for me. But I feel like I owe Him. And, uh, and I know that modern Christianity is like, you don't owe God anything, and it's so far from the truth. I owe Him my praise, I owe Him my love, I owe Him my, uh, my devotion, uh, I owe Him a lot of things because of what He's done for me. Um, and knowing that I can never repay Him is not going to stop me from trying. And, uh, and to live, with, live for Him uh, and to serve Him uh, is one of the greatest gifts uh, that God has given us. We get to participate. Uh, in the work of God, uh, in the saving of, of people that God does uh, through gospel preaching, soul winning witness, serving other people, give that, 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 that brings glory to God. Uh, what a blessing. So I don't know. Um, I, I watched this, uh, or saw a video yesterday, and it was a family around the tree, and I love these kind of videos. And so it was uh, probably whatever, whatever the hottest gaming console was a PlayStation or whatever. Is that still the hottest gaming console? Uh, I don't even know. And uh, people are like, no, I don't know what it is. But, but it, was, uh, it was a gaming console box. And these kids were literally jumping up and down, up and down. They're so excited. And they're ripping in this box. And, and I don't know what it was that was in there, but it wasn't that. And, uh, and so the one kid just kind of walks away and the other kid just slams it, throws it over. And, and really it's a, you know, uh, illustration of how ungrateful, you know, we can be. And, you know, it's not what I wanted. And, and you've, all, you've all seen that. And, and you probably, you know, um, you know oh, socks, uh, you know, not what you wanted. 
Um, but this is the, the gift of salvation. Is uh, Well, in fact, you can think all the way back uh, to what you think might be the greatest present, greatest gift you ever got, uh, you know, humanly speaking, at Christmas. Uh, and, uh, and whatever that was, chances are you don't play with it anymore. You might not even have it anymore. Uh, and, uh, and things of this world, they, they rust up and fall apart. Uh, and, uh, and really, even at Christmas with the kids, they open it up and then they play with the box. Uh, and we know that to be true. Uh, and, but we're the same way. It doesn't matter if we're you know, two years old or you know, um, 102. Um, but the gift of salvation is, is that, what's that phrase, the gift that keeps on giving? Um, it never grows old. And, uh, and, it's, and it's, always, it's always a blessing. Uh, and if somebody ever asks you, what's the greatest gift that you've ever got? And they're couching that with Christmas. Uh, just say, Jesus. He's the greatest gift I've ever received. And, um, and, and when, you know, uh, if they're not saved, their reaction to that might be a little off. Um, but tell them, you know, he wants to save you too. And, uh, and he can be the greatest gift of your life if you only invite him in uh, and, uh, and give them the gospel message. And I want to challenge you with that. And, uh, and you're all blessed. If you get coal in your stocking, uh, or everybody, you know, all the gifts are being open and you didn't get one. You're probably the dad. <laughs> and, uh, but in the back of your mind, it's like, I got all I need. You know, um, if God saved me, and that's the, the greatest gift, and it sustains me uh, through life. And, and just sit there and just know, like, I've got the greatest gift. Uh, and, uh, and, and a thankfulness in our heart will just sweep in uh, and get us through uh, a holiday season. Let's all stand uh, today with our eyes closed and uh, our heads bowed. And just for a 